Paul. We seem to be on a slightly a slimline grouping. Perhaps more will join us as time passes. First of all, welcome the members of EY and thank them for their attendance tonight. And we'll be looking at their, their accounts very shortly. And it's just to remind everybody that this committee meeting is being broadcast. So please use the mics when speaking. First item is the apologies for absence and declaration of interest. The only apology that I'm aware of is Councillor Gordon. Anybody else? No, so we expect one or two to come. Are there any declarations of interest? Nope. Then the minutes of the previous meeting these have been circulated to everybody. Are there any comments thereon? I won't take them page by page, but any comments thereon? If not, is it your wish that I sign them as a true record? Thank you. Matters item. Three matters arising to consider matters arising from these minutes, though we've had, you'll find at the back of the minutes, four action points. Perhaps we can deal with those first. Relating to minute PA3, after the Council had submitted its accounts to the External Audit, the Director of Finance and Corporate Services to provide members with a figure for local plan expenditure at the end of the financial year. Yes, Chairman. Um, we decided to wait until, seeing as the accounts were going to be audited and brought to you tonight, it made sense to wait until they'd been fully audited by our external auditors. So I'll be looking to bring a report back to this committee in September. Okay. At our next meeting, which I think is September, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Also, PA3 matters rising. Mrs. Wardle of EY had very, very kindly agreed to meet with Councillor Hargreaves regarding the revenues and benefits accounts. Did that happen? That didn't happen. Um, the issue is still the same in the new accounts. Um, it's not that the accounts, by the way, don't add up. It's a presentational matter. So what I could do, if, if you'd like, I, when it actually gets to looking at the accounts, I will show you what I mean for the current accounts. So we'll consider this matter closed at this point and we'll look at it when we get to the accounts. Okay. And then the assistant PA 10, the assistant director of corporate services would speak to street services about recording missed bin collections as an absolute number and by rote. Thank you, Chairman. Um, yes, in the performance report you'll see that we have now recalculated the target and um, actual figure as, uh, as an absolute number rather than a by 100,000 collection. Um, the by route is more of an issue, primarily due to um, uh, some issues with the Bartek system. Um, it's not always possible for the customer service staff who uh, put most of the missed bin tickets on to always see what route those bins, are, those yeah, missed bins, relates to. So we cannot provide, unfortunately, figures as robust as we would like. Um, at the moment, although I understand street services are working with Bartek to try and resolve the issue. Uh, 
back to the Assistant Director of Corporate Services, Minute PA 10. He would speak to planning about the validation process. Uh, that been done? Yes, that's correct. I um, contacted Councillor Hargreaves within the last week or two, having temporarily forgotten, which I apologise. Um, he's been in contact with Anne Howells in the uh, planning department, and there have been some emails going back and forth, so I think that issue is progressing. Yes, I would just, just say three things on that. Yeah, interesting email discussion with Anne. Um, three points. This concerns the validation of new planning applications. My concerns that possibly things are getting in which could just be um, rejected or of better quality. Um, she drew to my attention that actually there's quite a lot of applications that are just rejected for being invalid. They, of course, don't appear on statistics at all, which I didn't uh, know about. The second point is that at the moment there is a review going on as to what documentation is required for planning applications. So it's a good time to sort of raise this sort of question while, it, while it's being uh, looked at. So I'd be interested to participate in that. And just a third point, I've made a suggestion to them. I, I do grant applications to my local church for actually for building works. Surprisingly, the church um, have a very good online application system. I think it's only a bought-in thing. And of course, being building-related, it has very similar information to what UDC would capture as the opening part of an application. I was looking at this thing, well, if this was used, it would save effort. It would weed out the ones that they're currently throwing away that we never see. And at the end of it, 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 it won't let you continue unless you've filled all the bits in. At the end of it, it produces a, a PDF in a standard format, which would be the first document that the council would then publish. So it looked to me like that could be quite a, a cost saver, a weeder outer, and a producer of a standard document. Um, so I mentioned that. Fine, you've left that with Anne Howells, and no doubt you'll open that go further. Right, any other matters arising on the minutes? If not, we will move on to item four, the audit results, which is really dealing with the letter that our auditors have forwarded to us, dated the 21st of July. Um, I'll ask them if they'd like to comment or add anything to to it. Thank you, Chair, and good evening, and uh, yes, I would. Um, this is our major report of the year, so I think it's only right that I run you through what we see as the key messages arising from the audit of your financial statements. So I'll start with just um, a bit of overview and context. So I think my summary would be this is a good news story. I'm sitting here proposing to issue an unqualified opinion on the financial statements and on the value for money conclusion and all by the 31st of July. So you've met the 2017-18 advance deadline this year already. So I think that's um, testament to the finance team and the way they put together a draft set of accounts. Um, there's also relatively few issues to report of a significant nature, but we are auditors, so I will take you through what we have found. Um, so we're working to a performance materiality level of just over £1 million. When we presented our audit plan in February, you asked that we report all adjusted and unadjusted errors over 
£1,000 to you, so we have. So there's probably more issues in our report than we would ordinarily report. I think it's good for transparency that you've asked for this lower level and you can see the kind of um, items we've brought out. I have to say none of them have given me sleepless nights, so as an audit committee you can take assurance that we're relatively comfortable but they're here as a, a matter of record. So if I can use my page numbers at the bottom, um, so on page zero, handily numbered, the status of the audit, there were when we issued this on the 21st of July a number of outstanding um, pieces of work we needed to complete. The first one was the review of the PFI model um, for leisure that has been reviewed. Um, there's nothing significant to report to you this year. We do need to work with officers about the long-term liability over the remaining life of, of the PFI scheme and we will do that in advance of next year's audit. We have completed the subsequent events review because clearly we need to do it up to today's date, which is the date of signing the audit opinion, which we have done, completed our director and manager reviews again to sign today. You will hopefully be approving the signed and signing the financial statements after the next two agenda items and the management rep letter. So we'll have all the procedures completed and we can sign, as I said. Um, we've also completed whole of government accounts um, work on the submission for the National Audit Office. The group instruction came out late last week and the submission tool came out on Tuesday this week, but we have completed it, so we are able then for to complete the conclusion of the audit and issue the audit certificate. So it will all be complete tonight. In terms of audit differences at the bottom of that page, we've got two misstatements within the draft financial statements which management have chosen not to adjust. These are set out in Appendix A. Um, it's for this committee to consider those uncorrected misstatements and either concur with management not to amend them or to ask management to amend them. If we turn to Appendix A, just to give you the audit perspective on it and then officers may wish to give their view to you. So the first one is around cash and cash equivalents and the cash in transit is understated because of a historical error in the way that um, the system works and I think it was reported last year. So that's at 58,000. And then our testing of um, capitalised expenditure on property, plant and equipment suggests that of our sample, some of it should be revenue in nature, not capital. Because of it's a small sample, we've extrapolated that error and come to an a projected error of £160,000. Now, whilst I wouldn't ask you to amend for that amount, it does indicate that there is an error there and you should probably do more work to prove to me that it is isolated to this error in the sample, or you can ask us to do it, both of which take time, both of which take money, and therefore you may either take the projected error and say you're not going to adjust. That's for this committee to conclude upon. So if you want me to pause there and get officer's view and then you can have a discussion. Hello, yes. Um, the 58,000, as Mark mentioned, was reported last year and it was an error on the part of the finance team that we didn't actually write that out of um, the ledger. The error actually occurred, as, as described last year, it is more of a system error than actual true fact and it um, occurred in 2009-10 um, and it's all to do with the all-pay account and the way that reconciliation went forward. So it will be written out in 16-17. Um, as the um, revenue and capital charges, we will be providing extra training again this year. We did provide some last year, but we will um, intensify that this year to ensure that we can get that down um, and eradicate that problem.
Thank you. Does anybody want to comment on that, Councillor Hargreaves? Please. This is the difference between the control account and the underlying records. Something which you would keep in sync at all times and review monthly or whatever. Is that not is that something we have genuinely known about since two thousand and ten? Um, Yes, Councillor Hargreaves. Um, that has been um, an, an unreconciled amount that has been carried forward on the reconciliation account while we were looking to review into it. Um, we were trying to establish whether it was true cash or whether it was an actual system error between the cash accounting system and the Integra general ledger. We've now established that it's not actual real cash um, and it will be written out. But we didn't want to write it out until we were sure of what it was. So it's going to be cleared. Okay. It, will be, it will be cleared from the accounts, and absolutely. And can I just speak on the other one? The, yes. The, the, it's an extrapolation of a very, very tiny figure to the 160,000. That clearly is not something we would want, you could re reasonably adjust for anyway. It's a process matter. So I think we can pass. Okay. It's agreed that we uh, accept those uncorrected audit differences and leave them where they are with the understanding they will be dealt with this year. I don't think we need, I don't think we need to do that. It needs it need, this report, Chairman, just needs for noting at the end of this because our response is actually the next item. So that will be where you approve the, the various changes. Okay, going back to you. Thank you. So if we turn to um, corrected errors, um, there were a, a number of corrected errors which are set out in Appendix B, um, the more significant ones. The biggest one, I guess, by number impacted on the cash flow statement on our page 9. Um, it's just a non-cash movement on pension reserve, which is an actual actuarial gain is non-cash, and it was in the original cash flow, and we've removed it. Um, apart from that, relatively few um, amendments to pull out for you um, and mostly disclosure in nature. So again, I think that's um, a reflection on a good set of draft accounts. If I can go back to um, the main report, um, page three, these are the significant and other audit risks that we had in our audit plan that we presented to you back in February and demonstrate how we got sufficient assurance to be able to issue an audit opinion today. So the risk around management override with tested journals and reviewed accounting estimates and we have no indication of management bias in the financial statements. We've also looked at the risk of revenue recognition within the financial statements and with the exception of the capitalised amount of 160,000 which we believe to be revenue based on our small sample, we have no indication of fraud in that area either. Over the page on four, looking at the provision for business rates, um, we've again reviewed the methodology for how the provision is calculated and carried out some testing of the properties within that provision and again we have sufficient assurance over the reasonableness of that provision. 
And lastly, on property asset valuations, which is probably your most significant amount on your balance sheet, we have um, been able to rely on the management's expert, having looked at the instructions given to them, reviewed the accounting treatment and their valuation report, and matched it against our own um, experts' indices to ensure there's a comparable level of, of movement. And we are, again, happy with that. Right. We have no other matters to bring to your attention which are qualitative or quantitative in nature. On page 5 in our request for written representations, again this is um, good assurance for you as an audit committee because we're only requesting standard assurances which I'd have on any engagement. There are no specific representations so that shows that we've managed to gain sufficient assurance from all the working papers that support your financial statements. So that's um, the audit of the financial statements. Over the page on six is our responsibility for value for money against the new three criteria issued by the National Audit Office that I talked about in February around taking informed decisions, deploying resources in a sustainable manner and working with partners. We didn't have a specific risk in our audit plan and our review of your arrangements has not highlighted anything that we need to bring to your attention and therefore we are satisfied that you have appropriate arrangements in place to secure value for money. Um, and I'll probably pause there because the appendices are fairly self-explanatory but happily take any questions on any of the rest of the detail but I think you've had the discussion on my main issue which was Appendix A. Fine, thank you for that. Uh, any comments um, from the officers on that? No. Any comments from the members? Nope. In that case, can we note that report and thank you for the work done and I would like to congratulate our officers for the work they have done and I appreciate your comments to them as well. So, thank you. So, is it next year we have to get them done by May? Uh, year after year. Year after. Fine. Right, well, they will then, as that's noted, we'll move on to item five, which is the statement of accounts. You've all got this statement of accounts. The paper has been passed around earlier referring to final adjustments to the final accounts. These are actually incorporated in the accounts already, I believe. Um, Councillor Oliver, they're incorporated in the signed copies that we have and the, the copies for you to sign. In the um, statement of accounts that members received last week in the, um, by delivery, these three items will not have been incorporated. But they no, but they will be on the website when we publish, and they are in the copies that you will sign tonight. Fine. Is there anything really material in those? No, there isn't. Right. Thank you. Right. You will have got the paper from, which is the author is Adrian Webb, the Director of Finance setting out the various things and then getting to a recommendation at the end. I think we will, before we go to there, does anybody have any comments on the accounts which have been circulated to you? Councillor Hargreaves. Um, various questions. Um, I was asking for an explanation of, of some wording. Um, page 6. Um, the heading of this. Uh, which, which, which six? Page six. Sorry? Page. Non Roman. Non Roman. 
liability reserve statement, it says between accounting and funding basis. So these moves between different reserves. I was just struggling to understand what does that mean between an accounting basis and a funding basis? Um, Councillor Hargreaves, basically the um, comprehensive income and expenditure statement is um, produced on the IFRS requirements so that uh, our income and expenditure statement matches any other company or business. Um, the movement in reserves adjusting between accounting and funding basis um, realigns it in line with the SIPFA code and local government accounting. Oh, I see. So, so accounting means the IFRS and funding means SIPFA. Roughly. Two different accounting standards. Yes, it is. In yes. essence, and the way in which you are funded, because if you only reported on IFRS, then your council tax bill would be huge because you don't take out non-cash items like depreciation. So the funding basis takes out those movements to allow you to have a council tax base which is realistic. Right. So it's a public sector exception. Got on the left hand side, right hand side, the comparative 1415, and there's been a reorganisation. Environmental services and finance administration appear to be the same, but we've got now community and partnerships and housing and economic development, as previously we had community safety, community partnerships and engagements, and housing. Reorganisation that's been structured, or is this just the reorganisation of the, of the bookkeeping? Um, when the re-election happened in May, we had one less portfolio, which was community safety, and that that was moved into one of the other portfolios. And also around the, the other changes, we had um, a restructure around health and well-being, which changed the presentation. Okay, so this is genuinely a restructuring of, 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 of how, actual how the activities. works yes. rather than just an accounting yes. order. Just, that seemed to pass me by that place had been altered, but we didn't, didn't sort of realise. Okay, it just means that we've got to follow, but that's, that's fine. Um, some papers. Um, On the um, page 53-54, the pension scheme. Chairman, can I just share an interest at this point as a member of the Pension Scheme? Sorry, Chairman. Uh, I'd like to declare an interest as a member of the Essex County Council Pension Scheme as this matter has now come up. Thank you, Councillor Jones. I'm sure the, that will be noted. It's just a comment. Last time I commented that the um, the deficiency had gone up quite significantly from 26 million to 31 million and was this sort of going to go on forever because obviously it's a very very big figure in, in terms of the council's accounts and he's very very sensitive to the slightest change of the criteria with which you calculate it flick 
life expectancies by a fraction, all of a sudden you've got a huge liability. So just to report what I am pleased to see it has actually come down a fraction. It's not carried on increasing. Obviously it's a concern that it's there, uh, but at least it's, it's not getting worse. So I just would just make a, a, a note on that. Can I comment on that? Because yes, please. Um, so the decrease is a result of two things. One is the actuary has looked at life, in, ex, life expectancy and has reduced it marginally on the kind of liability side, which yeah. is take it or leave that piece of information. And on the other side, on the investments, bond yields have increased over the last calendar year, which gives them better investment returns. So the two together has reduced the overall liability. Clearly, after Brexit, one can muse on whether the same position will be the case in this time next year. But that's the reason or the rationale behind this year's movement. Okay. Of course, you're aware that it is, it is, although it is not our pension scheme solely, we are part of the wider the Essex County Council pension scheme. Yeah. So we have very little to say on that. We have to really just take the figures that are given to us. On to page 62 is the housing revenue account, the long term loan, the 88.5 pounds. Uh, this a while ago as to whether we could repay it, uh, and all I thought was on for at the time. But, um, uh, in the last budget, the Chancellor council rents by 1% per annum, 4% in your revenue, which presumably goes on for the rest of the... I know we're speculating... It's actually quite a lot in the, in the, in the revenue. Um, at this point be taking any assessment of that and looking at whether we've got a serious risk here of not being able to pay the, the 88 million um, we're constantly reviewing the HRA account and the business plan and alongside of that from a treasury management point of view we are reviewing the um, large loan we have on, on the council dwellings we take advice from Marlene Close, our external consultants, who um, at the moment are fairly reassuring that we are okay. And if, if we need to revisit it, we will have to revisit the business plan and look at what projects we've got over the life of this business plan to see how we um, readjust that and reprofile it to ensure that we can continue to be fluid in our, in our payments and programme. Are you happy with that, uh, Mr. Auditor? I would expect nothing less, yes. Okay, sounds good. And my last point, I will we'll stop. Um, the issue from the, the, the previous <coughs> meeting, page 72. This is the collection fund. So it is, it is, this page should be very, very useful information because it shows all the council tax and business rates that we collect, mostly on behalf of other people, <coughs> all the incoming funds, 
and then it shows where it goes to, going out to the, mostly to Essex, to the police, to the fire authority, and to central government. And it should be showing the bit that's, that, that, that sticks with us, that sticks with Uttlesford. And if you look on uh, the 1516 section on the, on the right, business rates column, you'll see the total income, uh, income 43,932,000 and it shows underneath that 3707 going out to Essex, that's their share of the business rates, uh, 412,000 going out to the fire authority uh, if we just flick down a line, central government taking 20597 20, and then it shows above that going to Uttlesford District Council 16477 and if you look across to the 1415 page that was pretty much the same last year. Now that implies that that is the amount of business rights that this council retains. And actually that's not the case. Last year another £14.4 million was deducted and paid on to central government. In fact we retain hardly any of the business rates. So what would be a very useful table showing you all the incomings and all the outgoings is missing this separate government uh, deduction. So it's not as useful as it should be. Now, it may be that there is some statutory requirement we have to show it like this, but if that is the case, we can have a note at the bottom that says, of the 16,477, you should be aware whatever it is, 14 million actually is further deducted by the government. So we can see the picture here, all the incomings, all the outgoings, and what stays with us. So that's my... Mr. Webb, would you like to comment on that? Or one of you like to comment? Um, I, I can see what you mean. Obviously, yes, we are required to produce this table in the way it is. But I will take a note and look at maybe, um, if it's acceptable to the auditors, maybe putting something in the narrative report, sorry, I nearly call it the sanitary forward, um, the narrative report, to maybe explain that and how, how that figure denotes down to the um, actual outturn figure because we do have outturn predictions in the front as the final outturn which shows what our actual income is that we do keep within the general fund from business rates so I will take a note of that and, and put that in next year. Thank you. Right. Any other questions? If not, oh, yes, Councillor. Thank you, uh, Councillor um, just a couple of questions. Firstly, on the surplus here, three million. Um, was page. Sorry, page seventy-two. <coughs> um, how much of this was transferred to the SPV? None of this was transferred to the SPV. This is a, a ring-fenced account within the collection fund, and none of it enters into the general fund or our normal reserves. I've got, I have a further question. Um, I was at the wrong um, 
page there. However, I note uh, with interest that you have uh, put some thought into considering how Brexit might uh, impact on page 63. 63? Yes. And given that um, it's a health situation I'm wondering uh, what information we have and how we would deal with, um, for example, a decrease in interest rates where the, uh, where the and also on the I will be bringing to a member workshop in probably early September, early mid-September, details of all the unknowns that affect the council at the moment. There's an awful lot because post-Brexit a number of consultations that were out there have seemingly just stopped uh, which will have big impacts for us and we will flag up there the risks of each one and what that means for potentially what we can do with our reserves and other options we have such as borrowing so that will that will come to a member workshop in September okay yes, Councillor on Council Light's question I think possibly just pick the wrong page to ask the question again I think is looking at the income and expenditure accounts, obviously the, the, any surplus goes into reserves. Could we have a figure of how much the surplus was before transfers into the SPV and any other, any other transfers into reserves? Like the, basically, what in a company's terms you would have said was the, the, the profit? The actual surplus is 1.882 million. Um, and that has gone into the Strategic Initiatives Reserve. Um, and the Cabinet report, as of the 14th of July, um, details that out. And there is a summary detail of that in the narrative report at the front. Can you just point out where it is with the Roman numbers? Um, you can find it on Roman numeral V1, and it will take, take you through it from there, table by table. And then you've got a detail of the variance, and then how that feeds through. Okay, so and if you wanted more detail, like I say, the Cabinet report is available on, on the CMIS. Just into the SPV? There, there's no money at all gone into the SPV at the moment. The SPV has been established, it's been in the process of being established as a company, but no money has gone in there and that's part of the discussion that will come to September around how much money we can realistically think there should be given the uncertainties we currently face. Well, the situation is these are accounts to 31st of March 16. The SPV did not come into existence until after that date. So the, the, the SPV does not really figure in these accounts. Okay. If, we can, if no other quest, questions, we'll go to the recommendations. And the, com, the committee is recommended to approve the letter of representation as, it, as attached to this report. You will find that there.
running to one, two, three, five pages, six pages. And if that, and then B, approve the audited 2015-16 statement of accounts as presented with this report. Are those does the committee recommend those items? Okay. Can I have a vote? Oh, somebody say, say something. You propose. Thank you. Can I have a seconder? Thank you. I put that. All those in favour? Unanimous. Right. Can I thank you, EY, for all the work you've done? I've got a horrible feeling this is the point when somebody arrives with a set of accounts and asks me to sign something. It, it is, Chairman. I'll bring, I'll bring them over for you to sign the letter of representation <coughs> and the relevant part in the accounts. Chairman, may I just add on behalf of the Council um, our congratulations and thanks both to the internal team, Adrian, Angela and, and her team, and to EY uh, for uh, the work. I mean, on both sides, it's uh, been uh, first class, eighth year in a row, so absolutely delighted. Thank you very much indeed. Okay. Thank you. That deals with item five. We'll now move on to the internal audit items. And we'll wait for EY to do their signing. If you wish to leave now, please do. But if you want to stay, we'll be very pleased to welcome you to the rest of the meeting. Thank you very much Angela for all you've done and it's much appreciated and we know that um, the limited resources you had this year so what you did was very, almost Herculean. I, I don't know the female strength that person. Amazonian I suppose. <laughs> Thank you. N now move on to Item 6, <coughs> which Rick Sheila is now can, coming into play. I would mention to you that should, there should have been circulated a replacement page for the recommendations not assume, recommendations implemented by the due date on the 5th of July 16. Page 20. Okay. Sheila, can I ask you to take us through the oral report, please? Thank you, Chairman. Yes, and uh, apologies for the, um, the amended, uh, or the need for the amended page. That was a, a couple of cutting and pasting errors on my part. And also, I apologies to the Assistant Director of Corporate Services because it implied that his recommendations had not been implemented, but of course they had actually been implemented by their due date. Um, yes, this is my um, regular progress report to, to members. It covers the period from the 7th of May to the 15th of July. 
Um, it just briefly gives you um, details of the work that we've done to complete all of our work on the 2015-16 audit programme. Uh, we have one final audit report to be issued. I'm actually, I have a meeting with the Director of Public Services tomorrow morning to, to hopefully see if we can get that cleared and sorted out of the way. We've now commenced work on the 2016-17 uh, audit programme. Um, and I'm happy to take any questions, queries that members might have. Right. I'll open it to members. Any questions thereon? If not, we will. The recommendation is that the internal audit progress report, 7th May, 15th July, be noted. Okay. Move then on to item 7 which is the quarterly one performances 1617, author, uh, assistant director, corporate, Richard Orty. And again, there are no recommendations on this, but if we'd like to look at the report, Richard, would you like to take us through it? Um, thank you, Chairman. I don't have much more to add than what is in the um, covering report. Um, I appreciate that previously the uh, committee had decided it no longer wished to see the homelessness indicators because they were being reported and discussed elsewhere, such as at the Housing Board, but nonetheless uh, we thought it worth bringing to your attention, as you've seen them previously, uh, an improvement in the processing of homelessness applications, which is now a local level management indicator, but there has been a marked improvement over the last quarter, so I thought it would just be worth adding that in for your information. Um, that aside, we've discussed the fact that the MISBIN indicator is now being uh, presented as an absolute figure. Um, insofar as the KPIs go, um, performance is, 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 is quite good. The majority of indicators are achieving target. Um, happy to take any questions and anything can't answer now. You can take away and find the results. Uh, find the answers, rather, and let you know. Thank you. I think, um, just go quickly through the KPIs. KPI 1, 3. I'd just like to comment on this. You'll see one of our largest rate payers is still paying 15, 16 arrears. So we haven't, they have not yet started to pay this year's rates. This really, in my view, is an unacceptable situation. And um, I believe, hopefully, we can take some action to stop it. I can't, uh, Mr. Webb, would you like to comment there on? We will not mention names and who it is. No, it wouldn't be appropriate to mention names, but um, the company in question are due to start paying the current year's instalments as from the 1st of August. So we await payment. If there is no payment, we will take necessary action very quickly. They will, they, they will at that stage... They, at the moment, they owe us 500,000. Outstanding on yep, from last, last year, year. is hope they'll pay half that and the first instalment of 1617. That's right. You know, the, 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 that's where we are, Councillor. Thank you, Chair. Yes, I, I noticed this as well, and I uh, just think it's an unacceptable situation. Um, I would like to know how it came The company in question didn't pay their business rates last year. 
could you explain why they didn't, please? Um, well, when we didn't receive the money, we started action against them with reminders, summonses, and that's the situation we're at at the moment. Um, there is, you know, if a company doesn't pay, there's a process you go through, and we're going through that process at the moment. I can't really say a lot more. Okay. But I would, you know, feel that if we don't get paid the monies that are promised at the end of this month, which will still leave us partially unpaid for 15, 16, we should take action to wind the, wind the place up. I know it means a loss, but if we, if we, it will just grow if we don't do something. Okay. KPI 4, 5, 6, 7, they're all looking quite good, 7, 16, 8. This is also a seemingly unhappy situation in that the external co contractor has not been performing to acceptable level, levels. And again, I think hopefully action will be taken to resolve this issue. Action has been taken or where are we? Uh, it, it's actually not my area, but um, I am aware that action is being taken at the moment to review both the performance with the contractors and look at alternative options that we have. Thank you. Can we keep that one under review, please? Then 12, 13, 14, 15. This is that that uh, Mr. Orty raised with us instead of the percent figure. Would you like to comment, Mr. Orty? Yeah, just on that, um, just to give it a little bit of perspective, um, although it's easier to understand an absolute figure than a per 100,000 collections figure. Um, some very rough maths at the beginning of this meeting um, means they are missing on average about 30 bins a day out of about 18,000 collections. So it is um, obviously regrettable and street services are working to try and improve the missed bin rates but it is 30 bins out of 18,000 bins that are being missed on average per day, so just to give it a little bit of perspective, it's, a, it's a, a, over 99% successful um, collection rate. Councillor Jones. Uh, yeah, thank you, Chairman. Can I ask um, Richard Orty, please, through you? Um, is our perception that the missions is a problem to do with the way we are operating as a council, or is it to do with residents? not putting the bin at the correct time. Do we have any feel for what the line causes? I think one of the issues um, that we have is that some of the bins that are being reported as missed are not necessarily true missed bins. Um, the number is will be slightly overstated. Um, how much, I'm not, I'm not sure. So I don't work in street services and I'm not sure. But because um, it's a very resource-intensive process to... Um, weed out all the uh, reports of missed bins that turn out not to be. So, for example, if a dozen people uh, ring up from one road and say our bin has been missed, those will be logged as missed bins by the customer service centre if the customer service centre haven't already had information saying the road was blocked and the trucks couldn't get down. Um, so some of those will have filtered into these figures. So that's one of the issues. In terms of um, 
behaviours of, of residents versus behaviours of the crew. Um, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. So that brings us to the end of that one. As I say, the, we are asked to report that. Um, any other items Chairman considers to be urgent? I think Councillor Lighty did want to raise a point. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, it's fine. 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 Thanks very much. When you've made your query. Right, thank you. Yes, uh, this question is, uh, pertains to the SPV uh, that's being set up, and I hear um, um, and welcome the fact that there'll be a, a workshop in uh, September, approximately, uh, for all councillors. Um, it's. Uh, Public money is going to be used, and of course we would want to use it uh, wisely and well, and um, perhaps in economic, um, an economic environment that's not perfect at the moment. Um, we don't quite know which way it's going to move. Uh, we, we hope it will always improve. What I would like to ask is that uh, there are um, non-executive directors put onto the board of this in order to, uh, who have experience in business, and this could be some of our uh, members who have business experience running businesses, and potentially also from 
um, outside uh, of the council so that um, the best investments are sought, the best decisions are made and the public uh, money is used um, really in the wisest way. So my request would be to ensure that this is set up correctly, the company, with a range of, of expertise on the board. So as you know, the, the companies have been set up and the government's criteria installed and the recommendation is that the um, senior uh, members of that company are officers. But uh, as it also indicates, you know, the key decisions that um, will be taken in terms of where those investments go will obviously be relayed both to Cabinet and to Council. So you're absolutely right, this is public money, it's got to be uh, used carefully, there's no reason why the officers won't use it carefully, but um, you know, the key decisions will be transparent and will be uh, uh, <coughs> uh, taken by Council. Um, uh, we'll, we'll take away your non-executive idea. Um, it, 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 these people are available, obviously, as, as they are for any organisation, um, but I think you'd need to go through an agency in terms of um, what is expertise, and there'd have to be a fairly rigorous uh, recruitment process. So um, I don't think just that you know, X or Y, who happens to have done a bit of this in the past, is probably what uh, you're referring to. You're referring to a much more vigorous process. Um, and uh, it would be more of a sort of a, I, I, I guess, uh, probably non-exec is, is the right approach. It would almost be a sort of um, an audit type process on what's being done. But I wouldn't want that either to dilute from the transparency of a public organisation because that, you know, that's the key bit, isn't it? So we'll, we'll take that one away. Um, the governance is in place and we're, we're quite content with the governance. We think there are locks and balances on it that will make it an effective operation. But non-exec is an interesting model and we can take some counsel from um, other organisations that have done, you know, most councils bluntly now have a commercial arm because of the nature of um, local government finance. Uh, and um, I know some councils, Epping Forest for example, are almost completely independent now of government funding. So over the years they have very prudently invested uh, and that would be a lovely position for us to be in. I don't think we're going to get there too quickly, but um, you know, at least we've made a start on that and uh, that, that's the aspiration. So yeah, we'll, we'll have a look and see if there's any merit. Okay. Yep. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. I'm now at 8.26. I declare the meeting closed. Thank you.